frightening sounds echo through the halls. Whenever candlelights flicker, where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome to the B-Team Podcast, 31 Days of Horror, Day 6. Welcome back, everybody. I am Josh, joined as always by the ghost of Vincent Price. And we are going to pick up today with uh, G1 Slashers. Now, what is this? Well, I mentioned on the Proto Slashers that I could make a case for a definitive slasher from 1971. And uh, I'm about to do that right now with Mario Bava's A Bay of Blood... Uh, also known as Carnage, also known as Chain Reaction, also known as Bloodbath, and my favorite title of all time, though I've never had a print that had this title, Twitch of the Death Nerve. Mario Bava, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, he's my favorite Italian filmmaker, and he just did some really good stuff with gothic horror, um, as the years went on, he changed with the times a little and wanted to try his hand at this new emerging thing that would become Slashers. Uh, this one is such a departure from his earlier stuff that Mr. Christopher Lee, Dracula himself, who had been in a Bava movie, walked out of the screening saying that it was just too grotesque and over the top. Um, so Mario Bava is known for uh, like I said, a lot of gothic horror, my favorite being Black Sunday. Uh, he did a lot of Giallo movies, and his son would go on to do some of the most insane Italian horror pretty much ever. Um, he had a close relationship with Dario Argento, and they all kind of collaborate and learn from one another, help each other out, so it was pretty cool. Um, so A Bay of Blood is one of the easiest movies to describe with one of the most convoluted plots I've ever heard of. Um, in Breaking Witch Slasher traditions, this one, you find out who the killer is almost immediately. Or do you? So the movie opens with an old lady in a wheelchair, and uh, she's looking out the windows over her glorious estate that's on this bay, and all of a sudden she's hung... And then the camera pulls back to reveal the killer, who was her husband. Uh, but then he is killed by what we call the POV killer, which is how pretty much all of the giallos went, a lot of early slashers go, and even some of the ones still made today, um, because it's a way that, from the first-person view of the killer, puts the audience in that you know voyeur role, uh, and it also helps to hide his or her identity. So, in this movie, it's a really convoluted real estate plot about this estate on this bay. And uh, all the characters in the family and the family adjacent are all kind of battling for control of it, almost like Game of Thrones style. Um, there's a ton of characters to the point that it's pretty much an ensemble piece. And the one who would possibly be our main character, uh, her name is Renata, and she is Domino from Thunderball. Uh, but she's also up to no good because she's just as murderous as the rest of them. And we kind of just follow the plot around. There's an extended, very 
slasher sequence where a bunch of uh, kids and exchange students, I guess not exchange students, but, you know, vacationing Europeans um, all kind of break into the house, go off to bang each other, and they are all dispatched by our POV killer uh, in some really, really great brutal kills. There's a lot of, you know, Bava's known for his cinematography. Uh, he started out as a photographer. He does some great stuff. This one had little to no budget, um, and he makes the illusion of, you know, a big estate with the forest, and they're running through the trees, and pretty much all he did was have some leaves in front of the camera, and, I mean, it looks incredible. Um, so we, we slowly find out that there is a lawyer, there's a real estate guy, uh, and then there's a person with a grievance regarding the events of the intro uh, who might or might not have a relation to the killer and or killers. And as that plot starts to unravel, we find out that the people we're following might also be up to no good. And everything culminates in one of the most batshit off the wall, nobody sees it coming endings imaginable. I'm not even going to go into that because it's just one of the few times that left me speechless. Um, so before I get to the next one, I mentioned that I was going to go into some honorable mentions that didn't make the list. Um, today I can tell you that the Sentinel did not make the list, but it was pretty close. And Zombie, or Zombie 2, uh, the Lucio Fulci zombie movie, just missed it. Um, there's a couple other ones that people would think, like, come on, it's got to be a gimme, but I'll hit those in the next day or so. Um, so our next movie comes from pretty much the end of the decade, and that is Tourist Trap. The Tourist Trap is a slasher, but it's also way more of a weird supernatural movie, and it really just tried to do a, a number of things. Um, this one comes from early Charles Band, and he is the guy who goes on to do Empire, the production company, and then Full Moon, which is still around in some iteration today. Uh, so this was basically the precursor to Empire, which, in my opinion, almost everything great came out of Empire. Full Moon was, by the time it went into parody, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff there, there's a lot of fun stuff, but... The Empire movies are ones that, like, are, are actual quality. Uh, so Taurus Trap is definitely quality. I think it was a little bit ahead of its time, and it didn't really know what it was doing. Um, basically, you have a group of friends who are just on a road trip, and uh, they find a gas station. Gas station has a sign for a wax museum. And when they go in the wax museum, they find out that the purveyor is a little bit eccentric, He's got a dead wife that he won't shut up about and a wax figure that looks like her. Um, and then there is a killer wearing a very strange, almost Leatherface-like mask with a really strange voice who starts pursuing them, captures a few of them, and for some reason also has weird telekinetic powers. Um, this one has... Um, Tanya Roberts is in it. So you have a Bond girl in the other one. You have a Charlie's Angel in this one. And uh, the friends basically try to uncover what's going on with this wax museum slash tourist trap. And it just gets more and more bizarre as it goes on. Um, it's not too, too gory. There's more of a, a psychological 
terror, but there's also a ton of camp. So it's it's fun, but it's also tense. And um, the Paris Hilton movie you might have heard of, House of Wax, is not a remake of the original House of Wax movie, but it's an unofficial remake of this movie. So there's a little bit of trivia for you. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So we're from from mainstream slashers to G1 slashers and uh, who knows what the hell is coming tomorrow, right? <laughs> so until then, I will catch you next time.